It is a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing on a daily basis, y'all. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. And I have to say that I am super excited about this interview today. If you're in my Facebook group, we've been talking about it. The book, We Are Not Like Them. Y'all, if you haven't read it, I suggest you do so. And I have our authors today, Christine Pride and Joe Piazza with me. And I'm going to let them say a quick hello, and then we're going to get right into this conversation. So Joe, I'll start with you. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, as good as we all can be in 2022, right? Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> it feels yeah. like 2020 and 2021 is like we're just repeating it. That's how I feel anyway. <laughs> oh, it's Groundhog Day. But yeah, we are. Uh, Christine and I took a little break from doing book interviews over the holidays. We've been doing them nonstop since lunch day in October. And uh, it's just really exciting to be back at it. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And Christine, how are you? I'm good. You know, my mantra for 2022 is think positive, test negative. So I, <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> yeah. As Joe said, it is really nice to be um, kind of back on the virtual road talking about our novels. So we're really excited to be here with you today. Well, I thank you so much. I just want to get right in. So uh, just a quick synopsis of We Are Not Like Them. If you have not read it and if you have not, shame on you. But hopefully after hearing this interview, uh, you'll be inspired to do so. So it is the story of two lifelong friends. One is black, one is white. And Jen, who is the white character in the book, her husband, Kevin, is involved in a shooting where a young uh, unarmed black teenager is killed. And Riley, who is the uh, black uh, character in the novel is a reporter and ends up reporting on the story and so she has to deal with her work life as well as her personal life and relationship with Jen that is a simple uh, version correct of what the book is about um, and so Joe I want to start with you have you and Christine worked together uh, before this or is this your first novel together um, it's the first novel we've written together, but uh, Christine was actually my editor on my last novel, Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win, and that's how we met. That's our meet cute. Um, and after we did Charlotte, that was it came out in 2018, I think, and um, yes, it did, 2018. Time means nothing anymore. We really wanted to work together on something else, and Christine had had an idea percolating for a while. She's been an editor for many, many years. I don't, I don't like to date us by, by using decades, but she's been an editor at almost every major publishing house. She was the best editor that I ever had. And she, but she never written a novel before. So she approached me with this concept and asked if I might want to uh, co-write with her, but I'll let her take it from there. Oh, that's really neat. So Christine, tell me a little bit about it because what I found interesting is you, um, kind of talk about this idea is that if I understand correctly, you guys have been working on this for a while before George Floyd and before all of that. And it just all seemed to just come together at the right time. But tell us a, a bit about the idea and why it was something you wanted to do. Absolutely. And yeah, you know, it's for podcast purposes. We have to do the sort of awkward announcement that I'm the black woman and Joe is the white woman. Um, <laughs> so awkward, so awkward. Yeah. Since we don't have the visuals, but that's so important. And it's such, you know, mm -hmm. kind of a part of our story um, that we wanted to, you know, team up as a black woman and a white woman. And um, so it's helpful to know who's who. Um, but also, you know, as Joe mentioned, the, I had this idea for a while and not necessarily even 
when to write it myself, but with all of the, you know, horrible headlines about police violence that, you know, come in these awful waves, it feels like, um, and obviously it takes a really, you know, personal and emotional toll. And so the idea I had very loosely grew out of that, you know, was this idea of, you know, what would happen um, to an interracial friendship, a close friendship between a white woman and a black woman, if they were both personally affected by and entwined in a situation like that and you know to use commercial fiction as a way into this really fraught and you know heavy issue um, in a way that would allow readers to connect with the characters and foster empathy and really understand things from so many different sides and levels and layers and that by Joe and I partnering together in an interracial duo, you know, we could bring our different perspectives and experiences to the table uh, in a way that, you know, would be a very different book if each of us wrote it individually. Um, we thought it'd be a better book if we wrote it together and thus my proposal. And so I was thrilled when Joe said yes. And yes, this was back in January, 2018 that we embarked on this journey. And did I understand correctly, this is your first novel. Is that correct? It is my first novel, yes. I, I appreciated Joe not um, saying how long I've been an editor. Um, although the word decades, I guess, is a hint. Uh, <laughs> but it's been a long time <laughs> that I was on the other side of things. Um, but this is the first time I've I've written, you know, anything at all. Um, and uh, it's newsflash. Turns out it's very hard to write a book. So that that's something I probably should have known after 20 years. <laughs> now, did you find that it was uh, a bit intimidating working with someone who had written before? Uh, what was that like for you? Or were you so confident in this idea that it was just a matter of diving in and really, um, you know, getting started uh, working with Joe to get this novel uh, created and published? Well, I did wholeheartedly believe in the idea, but that did not lessen my intimidation at the the prospect of trying to spill out so many different or so many words period um i actually appreciated that joe had done this before i think it would be very different if we both were kind of fumbling to do this for the first time um but it did help that uh you know joe had some experience in having written so many books to understand uh just the, the kind of the emotional landscape of how difficult this process can be. Um, but still, even with that, we, we had a big learning curve and a lot to learn as co-writers together. And I had a lot to learn, frankly, uh, you know, writing for the first time. It is a very different kind of skill set and muscle group and um, emotional uh, journey than, than being an editor. Um, so we were, we were very much in it together in a lot of different ways, as far as it being a growth experience, I think for both of us. And Joe, when Christine said to you, Hey, I have this idea and I'm hoping that you're interested in working, um, with me on it. What were your thoughts? I, you know, I was all in from the very start. I've been a journalist for all of those decades that we did not mention the number of, and <laughs> I, you know, I, <clears throat> this is a topic that we wrote, as we both said, we did write that start writing in 2018. And this is a topic that I just hadn't seen covered 
in commercial fiction, in fiction, honestly. And I, I kind of, you know, if you've read our book, you know that we talk about the tingles, which you get when you feel something very prescient or like a little bit, little bit of a psychic feeling. And I was like, yep, yep, I got the tingles. We got to do this. So I was, I was all in and we really, we got started right away and it was a fast and furious process. I'm going to jump in to say that, you know, this, this, we wanted to write this book to get people thinking and talking about race in America, which, you know, Joe mentioned prescience, you know, th this was something we were thinking about in January 2018. And books take a long time to come into the world. Ours had lots of, you know, twists and turns, and there was a pandemic and yada, yada, yada. And then we had the, you know, kind of upheaval of summer 2020 after George Floyd's murder. And we just actually feel really uh, woo-woo in a way about our book coming out at this time, you know, post George Floyd's murder when people are thirstier than ever and more open than ever and more curious and inclined than ever to have the kind of conversations that we always hoped our novel would prompt. And so we, um, I don't know, we feel like the right book comes out at the right time. And that was the case for us. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I really agree when I read that you guys had been working on this for a few years, it just seemed um, like the stars aligned almost. It was just weird that with all of the unrest and the fact that uh, in 2018, it was an issue. And now when your book came out, it's still a problem. It's sad. Mm -hmm. But uh, it just seemed that it all kind of lines up that it was the right book at the right time uh, with everything that was going on um, in our nation and is still going on and was going on in 2018. So um, I, I can it's amazing how all of that kind of worked out. And I, and I was curious as the two of you, you know, because you guys really go in with some of the different stereotypes that um, you know, maybe you have a friend who is an, uh, is white or you have a friend if you're white who's black and there may be these things that maybe people are thinking or saying mm -hmm. and you had to like really dive into that. How uncomfortable was that? Joe, I'll let you go first and then Christine, if you can answer, um, to have those conversations where you had to really be um, really true and authentic with each other to get to the root of some of these things that one culture may think about another. Oh, how much time do we have? Super uncomfortable. <laughs> rough. It was it was real rough. Um, you know, we we say this a lot. Race is something that a lot of Americans have a really difficult time talking about. And it's we've learned that even more than I think that we both expected to, being on the road uh talking about this book for the past three months. Um and I was, Christine and I were relatively, we were new friends. We were kind of, we were work colleagues and we were just figuring each other out and learning about each other. And this was really the first time that we had talked about race and we had to get into it in order to be able to write about it. And by that, I mean, we really had to dig into the, tell me about, tell me about your family and their mostly me as the white lady here. Again, podcast, I have to be like, hello, I'm Joe and I'm a white person. Um, tell me about like, your where you grew up. How diverse was it? How diverse was your school? And I had to really reckon with the fact that my life has not been particularly diverse. I grew up in a very white suburb outside Philadelphia, went to a high school where I graduated in a class that was 100% white girls, all girls Catholic school. 
And in my college, in a lot of, you know, people really did self-segregate um, into groups that were very much like them. And so I've had a very diverse group of acquaintances and work friends, but work friends are always very different. And so Christine really was my first close Black friend. And we had to dig into that. And I felt a lot of shame around that at first too, um, that we had, that we had to talk about. I was like, there's something, there must, I must've been doing something wrong in my life that I have gotten here and I don't have a more diverse group of friends. Um, and so we had to address all of those things before we could get comfortable writing down some of the things, as you mentioned, that, that can be, can be tricky or uncomfortable to read about. Yeah, just to add to that, I mean, I think it's, um, you know, there were uncomfortable moments, of course, so I uh, talked about, because we were talking about race for the first time, and we were talking about race in a really accelerated way. I think a lot of times in a friendship, whatever you're talking about, but definitely an interracial friendship with race comes up, there are baby steps, right? And you divulge a little more over time and a little more and you tell a little more and you share a little more and it can build and build. But because we were working on this project together and kind of thrown into the fire and the project was about race and we had a deadline it was you know let's talk about all race you know in the next two weeks uh and so all of it. Uh, all of race in two weeks and so it was a really in a way kind of artificial exercise um but it did force us to go to uncomfortable places pretty quickly and the one thing that you know I can remember really saying to Joe in a tense moment is but we have to be able to do this because it would be impossible I mean our professional relationship would obviously be impossible because we wouldn't have been able to get this book finished but also mm-hmm. our personal relationship wouldn't have been possible because I really do not believe you know as a black person especially um, that you can really have a close intimate personal relationship, friendship with somebody without being able to be open and comfortable talking about race, because you're just not bringing your full authentic self to the table. And one thing that's been so interesting with Joe and I being on the road and talking to people is that even people who are in interracial friendships, both white women and black women, and it is usually women, uh, will tell us, well, I thought I was close to her and I felt close to her, but, you know, we're like Riley and Jen. There are a lot of things that we haven't talked about with regard to race, right? And that that comes up a lot. And we want or hope this book can help be a tool to kind of foster those conversations because as Joe and I learned, we got closer when we were able to talk about these things. And we hope that's the case for other friendships. I was going to ask, you know, how did that impact the two of you um, having these deep discussions around race and mm-hmm. the things that you think that you don't say out loud or what have you, I, I, just listening to or reading it. I, I did the audiobook because um, I would listen while I was walking or working and, um, and I love, you know, hearing the different voices. And so I thought, wow, I wonder how the two of them were able to get past that? Was it, you said that it brought you closer. Uh, Joe, would you agree with that? And how so after being able to have that kind of conversation? It's well, gonna absolutely. be so awkward if she says no. God. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Christine, I'm, I'm gonna break it to you. I decided to use this podcast as the time. <laughs> I think that we're finished and done with this friendship and this working relationship. Um, we're absolutely closer. I think we're better friends. We're better coworkers. I want I want to throw it out there and say, 
you cannot write a book with just anyone. Like it is some real, real special magic to find that person that you can write a book with and then also stay friends with them. I think our friendship has changed and evolved and it changes even as like, as we're going through different book processes, I was thinking about this the other night. I'm like, I haven't talked to Christine that much um, in the past couple of days, but it, when we're like on hardcore, like book promotion rotation, and we're doing these kinds of things all the time, I think our friendship does fall by the wayside, right? Because we're like, well, I'm talking to you all the time anyway. So um, I, we, I think that we can have, we can talk about race now the same way that we talk about everything else in our lives. I don't think that there are, there's definitely not as much anxiety on either side. I, mean, I know we. I had the anxiety of possibly saying the wrong thing, of saying something insulting or just plain old dumb. And, you know, Christine had an anxiety at worrying about what my reaction to something might be. Would I doubt her? Would I gaslight her? And I, I don't think we have that anymore. But it means that, you know, race is just another thing that we talk about the same way that we talk about like, oh, what was that date like last night? Or, you know, what, really? Your kid said what to you? So I think that we've gotten to to that place where we just, we, we're both, like Christine said, bringing our authentic selves to the table. Okay, thank you for that. So let's talk about the book, right? I mean, we've talked about what it took to get there. But how did you come up with the character? So at full disclosure, I'm a reporter, so I really could resonate with, well, I'm a former reporter. I, I work in um, communications now in the private sector, but, um, and I was a print major, like I meant it. I was a print journalism major. Um, and so I could really relate to Riley in having to separate this personal life she has with her career and the fact that she was afraid if they knew that she knew Jen, they'd take her off the story and this was her big break. Um, and it was also a little easier for me to see how some of the th these things may happen and have a little more empathy when you think about what happened with Kevin and we don't want to give everything away about how the shooting took place. Um, how did you come up with the, with the characters and how the storyline was going to unfold? Uh, Christine, I'll let you start. We did a lot of brainstorming and talking. That was our first step before we even wrote a word. I mean, we knew we wanted to have these two women, one of them white, one of them black. Um, and we knew you know, how we wanted them personally involved in the story, meaning Riley having to cover it and Jen you know, being implicated in a lot of different ways. Um, and from then we just spent a lot of time talking almost like you talk about, you know, your friends, like what, what are Jen and Riley like, you know, what, what do they do on the weekends? What shaped them? What are their hopes and dreams? You know, how, why do they love each other? What irks them about each other? Uh, how they met was, you know, something that we really had to figure out. Um, and so we just kept talking about them until they became more and more and more real in our minds. And then once we had that sense of really their personhood, we could then figure out what was going to happen to them. And our goal all along was to really, and you know, readers will see this when they read the book, which hopefully they will after this, but that we wanted the stakes to be very high for them. And we throw a lot at our characters, right? There's a lot happening and that they're having to reckon with, not just with the shooting and not just with each other, but, you know, their families. And um, I don't know if we mentioned that, you know, Jen is pregnant and after 
a really um, hard time trying to get pregnant and uh, you know they both have like I said complicated families and there's just a lot going on and so we created a really detailed outline chapter by chapter which was particularly important too, given the structure of the book, which is back and forth between these two women. So we had to make sure that their voices were balanced right back and forth and that certain plot points happened in the right chapter, right? In a Riley chapter, and a Jen chapter. So that was almost like a puzzle. So we really plotted the whole book out in a detailed outline um, from there. And then after all of that, we started writing. <laughs> and Joe, how about you? What, uh, what was this process like of creating these characters and finding out uh, what Jen was gonna be like? I'm assuming you wrote most of what was from Jen's point of view and Christine, you mo wrote most of what was from Riley's point of view. Is that an accurate statement? No, or was not it at more all, of a actually. Okay, that's interesting. So yeah. how did that, how did that work then? Um, so we actually, we really wrote, completely wrote both characters together. Like Christine said, it was, it really plotted out uh, almost everything that was going to happen and who these women were as before we dug into the document. But I mean, there's just, there is some magic that happens with fiction and you don't know everything until you dig in and you start writing and it's just like fingers on keyboard there's something about that brain um physical connection that uh helps you figure it out and the characters tell you who they want to be so you know I was more familiar with writing on a blank page I've been a journalist for 20 years I've written a bunch of novels and so I would I actually kind of took took the lead in the beginning when we didn't have any words at all and just started you know, going through the outline and getting that first chapter down and then Christine would edit. But, you know, she pretty soon got just as comfortable as I did. And whoever took each chapter didn't have to do with who was the, whether we were writing the white character or the black character, it was who felt like they had a good grasp of this scene. And then obviously, you know, as a white woman, I see and hear things in all white spaces that Christine doesn't necessarily see and hear and same for her in, in all black spaces. So we were able to then layer all of those things on, but when it came to just writing out the narrative, we, we both had a hand in all of that. Thank you for that. I, I guess I just, and maybe most people assume that also, but it is fiction. So I could see you all kind of playing off of each other about what would make the most sense, mm -hmm. um, depending on the scene or the, or the chapter so much of the book is universal too or we at least that's what we were aiming for certainly race is a big part of it but it's about friendship and having a mother and being a mother and being a sibling and being a granddaughter and you know career ambitions and family ambitions and all these sorts of things that we drew from both of our lives and experiences and observations about that right so um you know it it certainly we wanted to use particular perspectives about race and they're in there, but mainly we were trying to capture universal thoughts and feelings about um, different things and especially female friendships. And Joe and I both really appreciate and embrace the women in our lives and our female friendships so much. And so one of our main goals besides even getting people writing or uh, talking about, thinking about race was to celebrate 
the power of friendships in women's lives and even especially long-term friendships. And so again, those were themes that both of us resonated with both of us and both of us could you know, be inspired by um, individually. Thank you. So I, I was curious, like I said, I don't want to give too much of the book away. I want people to read it. Uh, but um, I was so intrigued by um, the fact that, uh, you know, Jen and Riley were able to go for so long. Do you think that that happens a lot in interracial friendships to go that long before really being uh, totally real with each other. Like there were things that happened to Riley. Now this is supposed to be like her best friend, but certain things happened to her when she was at a particular station, you know, you're on TV, they make crass comments about your hair or your skin tone, et cetera. And those were things that she'd never shared with Jen. And then maybe there were things Jen was going through that she didn't share with Riley. I was just intrigued by the fact that they have been friends for so long and have been able to not have those kind of discussions. And it took this something so tragic for them to peel back those layers. Do you think that happens a lot in friendships um, that are interracial? Uh, Joe, I'll let you go first. I think it happens a lot in friendships. Um, I, I do. I think that we have certain friends that we share certain things with. There are friends that I will absolutely talk about my mental health struggles with um, that I would never talk talk to about you know my job stuff maybe or people that I'll talk to about the drama with my husband and other friends where I just kind of keep that to myself um I don't think I, I I think that you know that we just have so many different kinds of friendships and friends that are here for us in different ways that it doesn't make sense to necessarily say well they're not close friends because she didn't share all of this stuff um I don't think that we share every single part of us with everyone for lots of different reasons. And Riley's character was particularly buttoned up, um, closed off. She she didn't like to show weakness. And I think that in her mind, she saw um, a lot of what she was experiencing with sh through the lens of shame, even though she shouldn't have. And she was scared to talk to Jen about that. And they were also friends from such a young age. They were babies when they met. The talking about race never became a thing until it was a thing. And so they hadn't really developed that muscle to talk about it. Christine, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think part of this, um, the the beauty we hope of the book and and people talking about the um, friendship aspect as you're asking about is you know, I think we ask this question a lot of other people's relationships which is you know should they be together why are they together what's going on there you know <laughs> um and and that's something that readers can do here uh really dig into what is connecting these two women and why they don't talk about certain things and why they do talk about certain things. And we hope also be moved by their shared history in a way. I think that we all have these friends where there's something ephemeral about the friendship, right? There's a connection that's almost familial, right? That, um, you know, or a bond that you can't quite explain or maybe doesn't make sense to people outside your intimate circle. Or, you know, a lot of readers wonder 
rightfully, and I think it's a great question, you know, what if Riley and Jen met today? Would they be friends? Or after the last page of the book, you know, what's going to happen to Riley and Jen's friendship? And I think those are all really interesting questions that we all are going to be asking about Riley and Jen, but we certainly ask about our own friendships, you know? I mean, I have certainly have friends where I'm like, what is caring? You know, we met when we were seven. What is caring us to this day? Is it shared history? Is it new memories we've made? You know, what, what keeps any relationship going is one of the most profound and important questions we all ask of each other about friendships, about marriages, about, you know, lots of different relationships. I know I did wonder what was going to happen afterwards. It's amazing. It's like, I wonder if they're going to remain yeah. after all of this. Um, but I know. We do too, Karen. We do too. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But also, you know, I think it brings up so many interesting thoughts too about when it comes to romantic relationships, we have all of these like goals and milestones and definitions for how it begins and how it ends. And we don't have that for friendship friendships we you know things taper off things pick back up I mean my god over the weekend I just reconnected with a woman that I haven't talked to in six years and she texted me out of the blue asking if I could help her with a work work thing and it feels like we just picked up where we left off right so I don't know what's in store for Riley and Jen I think it might ebb and flow and I don't think that there's any great tragedy if that does happen. I think that, that is, that's, that's how our friendships are supposed to be. I can agree with that. I've had friendships where you don't talk for a while and then you get on the phone and it's like you talked last week. Um, yeah, so I can definitely relate to that. And, and I know we've just got a few minutes left, so hopefully I can get at least two more in one. I'd just like to, to hear from each of you, what has been some of the feedback you're hearing from white women and black women uh, as it relates to how they um, received the book when they read it. And Christine, I'll let you go first. The feedback has been amazing. I have to say, you know, you write a book in such a vacuum. I mean, luckily Joe and I had each other to talk to. I think doing it alone would be even lonelier, but uh, you you just really don't know what to expect until a book is out in the world. And, and particularly in this case, I mean, putting on my editor hat for a minute, it's, it's really hard to write a book for two different audiences, especially when it comes to race. I mean, publishing really is, you know, you have a very specific kind of readership in mind and, you know, we still have this reductive thinking of there are white books and there are black books, you know, and thinking about an audience. And we really wanted this book to resonate and be accessible and interesting, um, you know, to all sorts of readers of all, you know, all different races. And so it's been really gratifying to see the positive reception from white readers and black readers and really fascinating to see how different it is. A lot of white women, and I'm really generalizing here, but a lot of white readers tell us how much they learned from the book and how much it helped them see another perspective and challenge their thinking about things and re-examine kind of their past histories and relationships and so forth. And a lot of black women tell us, I really saw myself, I saw my experience. I, you know, I, I saw myself in Riley. Um, I really, you know, it was refreshing to see that on the page. I connected with her, you know, that kind of thing. And so uh, that's, all in all, you know, really meaningful. And then when people, when we have black readers and white readers 
talking to each other or we're in, you know, kind of diverse book club scenarios, it really is even that much more uh, uh, incredible, the conversations that, that come up. And Joe, how about you? What have you been hearing? Well, we've, we hear a lot of the same things. Um, we kind of just like live in each other's minds and like this echo chamber on, on text, but it is interesting the things that come up when I'm doing a book club by myself, which we, we do divide and conquer sometimes more now than in the beginning, just so that we both can have some of our own headspace. But when I'm in a room with all white women that read the book, I think they're often a little less afraid to admit how afraid they were to read the book at first. And, you know, say, oh my, I, to talk about how they relate to Jen, um, in ways that they didn't expect to, when they're saying, you know, I, I have also like been afraid to bring up race. I don't want to seem stupid. I don't want to say the wrong thing. So I back off. I don't, I don't, I don't engage because, because of that. And when I think when I see these same women talking about the book publicly, they're very quick to write Jen off to be like, oh, she was the worst. I could not, I, I, she, she was just a terrible character. I can't believe she did that. But, you know, when it's just a smaller group and no one else is listening but a group of white ladies, they're less afraid to admit, oh, yeah, I saw myself. I saw my family in that character. I could I could imagine that it is hard to admit that I would think in a larger space. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could see that. And and just with my last couple of minutes, if you all could each quickly tell me and Christine, I'll ask you to go first. When it was all said and done and the book was finished, uh, what went through your mind? How did it make you feel? Oh my gosh. You know, the thing about writing a book is that it's kind of never finished. (laughs) There's always like something else to do, which is funny because for a planner like me, Joe knows this, like I really like an official kickoff and I really like an official conclusion to like, okay, this is done. And you know, you're always like editing and tweaking over the course of years, you know, you read first past pages, second past pages. So I think I really, um, I think the moment, I guess, where I could say I felt, oh my gosh, was getting the finished copy, right? Because it was like, okay, well, there are no more changes now, because here it is. Here's 25 of them, you know, printed in a box. Um, and that's the moment I think that was the closest to a, a um, feeling of um, excitement and pride in the accomplishment, you know, feeling like, wow, I mean, you only do your first book once. And, you know, I had to force myself to really take a moment and, and let that sink in. And, and then, you know, even before it's out in the world, not knowing what the reaction was going to be, I wanted to take a moment, you know, by myself, but also with Joe to say, like, we did this and whatever happens, we're proud of this book. We're proud of what we tried to do. And mainly we're proud of how hard we worked to, to, to try to accomplish this. And, you know, that's my encouragement for all writers out there to really take a moment and celebrate whatever that milestone is, completing your first draft or your finished book or whatever along the way that can make you, you know, feel a sense of um, progress and pride is a moment to really savor. And Joe, how about you? Yeah, same. I, for this book, we, we were always very mission-oriented. We always knew that we wanted this book to start what we think are really important conversations. And I think 
you know, helping readers find the right book or the right TV show or the right podcast, the right piece of content for them is really harder than ever. Um, you know, there's so much content out there and a lot of it's good and a lot of it's crap and you know where a lot of us are scrolling Instagram me too like no judgment here and so the fact that this book got chosen as a good morning America book club pick just it helped readers find this book that I don't think otherwise would have found it and then helped them have conversations that have just you know broken my soul wide open when we get to be privy to them it's just been so incredibly beautiful to watch what we had hoped happen, hoped would happen, actually happen. So it's been a joy. And the fact that we keep getting asked to do these interviews three months after the book came out, I and mean, it feels like ages ago now in the age of peak content, right? Like I can't even tell you what TV shows came out three months ago. So we're, we're just, we're really happy to, to share this book with as many readers as possible and to start those conversations that people might be afraid to have. And definitely Good Morning America is, is how I found it. So I'm really grateful that I was tuning in that day. Uh, Christine Joe, I just want to thank you for your time today. This has been a great conversation and one that I hope my readers, my readers, my listeners uh, will uh, listen in and then go and get the book. We are not like them. I'll put all the information needed in the show notes. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. That is KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. That's all the time we have for today. And until we meet again, be blessed.